Hi, you're listening to Perpetual Learning, a podcast where we unpack ideas from great reads and listens. I'm Manjula Salvaraja. Hey, Manjula, and I'm Suvin Sivu. This week, it's not just about one read, but a whole bunch of them. Get your notebooks out. We're going over what Sudan loves to read, his list of favorites. Um, how many do you have for us, Sudan? Uh, 13. Ooh, nice number. <laughs> well, then let's kick this off. So on this list, um, I mean, I'm sure that, that there's a really, just because of the way that you read, there must be quite the mixture. Let's start with this. What's the one that has had the most profound uh, effect on you? The one that you think changed your life the most? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's hard to point to any one book that has had a profound impact on me. And, you know, I tend to read books that interest me at a specific point in time. And then I read it multiple times as it usually serves as a good reminder of, you know, a specific topic lessons, genre, whatever the case might be. So, you know, I'd say, you know, books that taught me the most or surprised me the most, maybe, um, if I were to slightly alter the question, I'd probably pick Propaganda by Edward Bernays. I think it was a real eye-opener just because of the relevant or how relevant the concepts that Edward Bernays explains are today versus, you know, 30, 40 years ago and you know it it was quite surprising to me to go through that realization where you know as much as technology and social media has changed things you know in the case of PR um you know it really hasn't altered the way humans behave and so a lot of the principles that he shares in that book as well as a couple of the other books that he's written I think you know are, are truly timeless um versus you know perhaps outdated what do you think was the underdog on the list? The one that very few people know about, perhaps it's not talked about very often, but, but punches well, well above its weight. Yeah. I mean, I, I view a lot of these books as underdogs, but you know, maybe with the exception of psychology of money, Morgan Housel's done a great job promoting that one and rightfully so. Shoe Dog is another popular one. Yeah. Maybe I throw out hundred baggers by Chris Mayer. Um, you know, obviously not as reputable, probably more well known in the investing space, but broadly speaking, you know, not as known. And yeah, I think, you know, he should be getting a lot more recognition. I think the book is quite prescriptive, practical in terms of how we should be thinking about picking stocks and investing, which is a hard topic to write for just because usually it's kind of boxed within a specific time period where, you know, investing was really good, or perhaps it was harder to do investing. And, you know, you're usually constrained by that. But I think a lot of the principles that Chris shares in that book, you know, can be applied no matter what time period, or, you know, from a cyclical perspective, you know, what part of the cycle you're investing in. Mm, how how old is the book, like decade-wise? Um, I, I don't know the exact year, but I, I don't think it's too old. I think it's maybe 10 years old, mm. um, maybe a bit more, but not beyond that. Mm, interesting. I, I, I look at these two that you've mentioned, actually the four that you've just dropped here, and, um, there's really quite a variety on the table already, right? So it begs the question, how do you pick your reads? Like, how do you pick what you're going to read next? Yeah, I think it starts with whether I want to read something dense or light. 
So, you know, depending on how much time I have and, and, you know, if I, you know, what's going on at work and life in general, sometimes I pick something that's more dense. If I want to really learn something, something, sometimes I pick something a bit more light, perhaps even a fiction book. If, uh, you know, you, you just want a more lighter read that you can get through quickly, but also, uh, kill time and, you know, it feels like you're watching a movie. Um, in some respects, and you know that's really a credit to the author, more or less. Um, and then after that, I pick a topic that I'm curious about. So that those are my two main criterias. I tend to uh, lean towards biographies, especially self-written uh, biographies, where the author kind of shares a first-hand recollection of what they've gone through, what they were thinking about, and, and you know why they made the decisions that they made. You know, it usually captures a layer of detail that is just very hard for any writer to capture if they were doing it in an interview format. And are these books that are that are recommended by, you know, a close circle around you or is it off of some giant list out there or something some famous person reads like how do you how do you determine even within within uh, a topic or, or a set of biographies how do you how do you determine that this is the one that I'm going to spend because some of these books I mean people don't realize like some of these books take like 40 hours to get through right? for sure for sure I mean you know I, at a high level I'd say so I, I don't take recommendations from close friends per se largely because you know most of my friends perhaps don't read as many books so i'm usually the one doing rec- the recommending but <laughs> you know i think you know twitter is a great uh, resource to yes. identify potential books um just following people who um you know are into specific topics that really resonate with me i think that that helps a lot i'd say another one is you know, let's say I find a book that appears to be interesting. I try to, especially if it's written relatively recently, you can per- probably find podcasts um, and or other interviews with the author, you know, with the idea of promoting that book. And so that's a pretty good, you know, second check to quickly browse through and see if that, you know, further piques your attention or not. Mm. Um, and then sometimes I find articles that are really interesting and they source books that, you know, obviously go deeper into the topic. And that's usually a great way to find some, you know, underdog reads if uh, far to use your term. Now I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking at the list now and I see the book Mindset. Uh, tell me about this book. Yeah, it's uh, written by Carol Dweck. Um, she is a Stanford uh, philosopher, uh, you know, incredibly accomplished person. And it, you know, really goes deep on how people should think about building a growth versus a, you know, fixed mindset and how that applies to all aspects of our lives, not just work. And so it's a lot more prescriptive versus other books that I've heard and read. And, and, you know, the crux of the book really emphasizes the need to build the belief that, you know, one can grow and then reinforcing that with the appropriate goals and effort. But Again, you know, whether you're a parent, whether, you know, you're someone kind of looking to move up in the workplace or, uh, you know, any other kind of, you know, relationships is another one. You know, it really kind of takes the idea of having a growth mindset and applies it in all these different situations. So to me, it's really relatable um, to anyone, um, no matter what your path in life is. 
What is a must read from this list for, for leaders that are managing people and managing teams? Yeah, I didn't really pick a book that fully addresses that in my mind specifically. However, you know, working backwards tackles a few important topics like hiring, empowering folks underneath and, and, and managing teams in general. Obviously it's very Amazon specific just because it does obviously focus on you know, some of the, you know, key practices that Amazon had as they were scaling quite quickly. So I'd recommend that one for folks interested on that topic. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's probably the top one that I'd say is quite relevant. So these are some really big books, right? Um, I've been meaning to ask you this for a while now. T- talk to me about your reading habit. I, I, do you have reading goals? Um, like how do you, how do you get through all of this? Yeah, I don't have specific reading goals. I think it's one of those things where if I find that something that's like super interesting, I ultimately make time for it, right? It's almost like, you know, you're into a TV show, you almost binge watch it. Very similar dynamic to that. Um, you know, either the book is really well written or the story is super interesting or perhaps, you know, the lessons and the topics that the author gets into are, are very interesting. Um, so, you know, no specific goals in that sense. Um, but I do try to make sure I have time to read and, you know, can make that commitment if I do decide to buy, um, a really interesting book as an example. So when do you read then? Yeah, I mean, typically on weekends, um, sometimes on evenings, not recently just because of work, but yeah, and on, on vacations. Is it a, is it a sort of a, a leisurely thing or is it, would you, would you, how do you see it? Like, do you see it as a, as a fun activity or is it kind of this workish thing because you know that, that these things are, are going to help you with your career too? Yeah, I'd say it's more of a leisurely thing. It was probably more routine in the past. I'd say, you know, last year and earlier. Um, however, you know, as work picked up, I, I think it's definitely switched to more of a leisurely thing. And, you know, I think it's also pushed me towards lighter reads versus a more dense read. Uh, if it's a dense read, I read it very slowly, kind of chapter at a time. Even though I have time to read more, I kind of read the chapter a bit more slowly than I plan for and, and try to reflect on that, try to perhaps take a couple of notes um, so that I digest it properly. So, you know, not to rush the process or anything like that. If there's only one thing that I can read from this list, uh, what do you think, what do you think it should be? And please don't say shoe dog because I already have that book. I was supposed to, I was supposed to read it, believe it or not. So then for my book club and never got to it. And, you know, I was, I, I managed to read enough notes to make it. And I admitted it to them that I didn't read it, but I was able to have the discussion because there has been so much written about that book. But other than that, what's the, what's the, What's the book that you would think that I should read? Yeah, I'd actually recommend a different one. So Ender's Game, um, it's the last book that I mentioned. It's a fiction book, but really quite good. And, you know, one that I wasn't able to really predict the plot. And, and the book itself has a lot of lessons that can be applied to team-based competitive situations. But in my mind, super well-written and, and quite unique um, as far as, you know, fiction books go. Um, mm. that I really enjoyed. 
Ender's game. I'll have to keep that uh, keep that in mind. Now, you know, this brings about the other question of because I've had the struggles with shoe dog. Do you ever abandon books? Like abandon them midway? I have. I and you know, I sometimes <laughs> skip to the chapters that are most interesting or relevant. And you know, it's it's weird. I, I've you know seen folks kind of take both sides on this. You know, to me, it's not a crime to just look into the areas that you care about. You know, we're not in school anymore hopefully you know folks aren't reading this for school where you know you have to read the entire book for the sake of completion just focus on what you care about and and move on right it's totally fine to revisit books at a later point it's so i find it fascinating that we have a sense of guilt about a book that is unfinished it's so weird considering how much there is out there and how much of it is compelling that there's always this like lingering guilt when we don't finish a book. I, 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 I I think that goes back to something about the way that we were, uh, something in the school system. I think I haven't been able to pin it, but, but I do find it quite interesting. What's caught your eye in the new stuff that's, that's out there? Yeah, I'd say, you know, the founder's book focusing on PayPal mafia looks promising. I'd say, uh, you know, I also haven't had a chance to go through the biographies by Walter Isaacson yet. So, oh, but I've only heard good things. So I think those two or, you know, several are, are probably the ones that are top of mind for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, oh, I'm still reading it. I think I'm now two years in. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the, the Da Vinci one. And right. at this point, um, Walter, if I can call him by his first name, though I don't know him, is writing faster than I'm reading his books. <laughs> like, you know, which is just putting me to shame. But, but even that is, su- I mean, the depth of research on these people yeah. is, is just, it's so incredible. And it's just, I'm, I'm envious of what he's able to do as a writer, to be honest. If I could sort of think of people that I would envy. Uh, because there's obviously sort of a journalistic background there too. I'm just, I'm so sure. envious of his, uh, of his skills, but Hey, great list. Um, if anyone's listening and they want the full list that's in, um, the latest newsletter. So you'll be able to, to go in there and pick. And if you have any sort of feedback, I'm sure that Sudan would like to hear it. If there are yeah. other things that, that you think ought to be on that list. So then great topic. Uh, are we on next week again? Absolutely. Talk then. All right, chat soon. See ya.